trying to get crazy with this scene. Don't you know I'm loco? loco? <laughs> Welcome to the Fantasy Blink, a daily podcast where we talk all sports, fantasy, and real. I'm Brian Bates. He is Clintus Maximus. It is Maximus. It is Tuesday, September 13th, episode number 549. Good morning, sir. Happy Tuesday to you. Good morning. Welcome to the day after your wins and losses of the day after. Did your fantasy wishes come true last night or did they not depends yes. on uh, what side you were on right uh yeah depends, depends on a lot of things a lot, right? a lot of things yeah things did you need did, did you need brandon mcmanus to hit a 64 yard field goal with uh you know 10 seconds on the clock 20 15 Man. 20 seconds there were there was time I don't. I don't understand. Uh, so let me tell you this: six. You're fourth. You're fourth points. and fourth and five. Fourth and five with two timeouts and 20 seconds left on the clock. Uh, why? I mean, you you traded the franchise to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. You cannot trust him to get five yards for a first down. Well, I think today's NFL, and we talked about it earlier, and that's why I changed those kicker settings. Today's NFL kickers are expected to make up to 70-yard field goals, and Wow. I, I cannot believe that he missed it, to be honest, because it seems normal nowadays. I remember growing up, 61 was like the furthest of all time. Oh, yeah. And now, oh, yeah. 61, it seems like that's in your sleep, you know? And, and, the, two that, and the two that he missed, he, he missed two, by the way. They called timeout on yep. the first one, yep. and uh, he missed them, but they were good for 70. If, they were if just he, off to the side. If he kicks them straight. So it's just, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, so in that situation, I mean, fourth and five, Seattle's defense was playing, by the way, probably the best defense I saw played this weekend, maybe, pretty, overall, pretty, besides Steelers. Pretty out of their minds, yeah. Yeah, for the, for the personnel, obviously. I mean, they, yeah. they don't have a, a T.J. Watt. They don't no, have a, no. a Buda Baker. They don't have a neither does uh, Neither know. does Pittsburgh, either. Well, there's <laughs> that. But, but this, yeah. was, this was above and beyond Seattle, uh, you know, their ranking or whatever their position that people thought they would be in. Um, their, their talent level. And I was really actually happy to see this. Now I have a, a theory that guys that are nobodies are hungrier and play harder than stars sometimes. Yeah. So this is, and they, had, they, they had an ax to grind, right? Russ Absolutely. left them, right? Absolutely. Russ, wanted, Russ wanted out of there. So, um, yeah, they, they wanted to show him. Yeah. You know, we, now we, we saw great play calling early and we saw poor play calling late by Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they went back Tr- to the trying to hold the lead. Yeah, they're trying to hold the lead. <laughs> right, right. Instead Which was of not a very big lead, yeah. right? Yeah, not a very big lead and, and not something you should be playing cautiously with. No. What do they have to lose? For crying out loud, uh, they're expected to win less than five games. What do you, what yeah. do you, what do you got to lose? Come on, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I have to look at this game very, very subjectively. I was absolutely rooting for the Seahawks. Let's get that straight, number one. Um, and it's weird. Jessica and I both were sitting there like, why are we rooting so hard for the Seahawks? Because it's just in like, it's just in, not yeah. in our blood, but it's in like, I don't know. It's, it's the thing. It's, yeah. it's our you team in a way, you, you know, you can't shake it that easy. Right. I mean, you want to, you, you're not happy with the direction they're going and what they're doing, but 
um, but you, but they're still your team, right? Right. You, and, you but the, but to that, which is also my fault and a thing that a lot of people might not like about my personality, is that when they're playing good, I'm rooting for them. But the second that they start doing what I expected them to do and playing like the, I don't know, Oregon Ducks maybe, then I was like absolute like frustration with them to the point of being like, now why would I root for this? Yeah. You know, doing things that you should not be doing at that point in the game with that lead. And they came out, I mean, first half looked unbelievable. And we see this across the NFL. Everything changes at halftime, right? We always say this. Yeah. Like the first half, you have one team. and the second half, you have some lame backup team. Yeah. And that just and, happens. And is that, is that adjustments? Is that, um, is that coaching? Is it players? Is it, you know, is it scripted by the NFL? I mean, right. what, what is exactly question. is going on with that? you know, two halves of, yeah. Now I will say this. Okay. Let's, let's talk individual performances. Okay. Javonta Williams, which I'll start with. So everyone can turn the show off here in five minutes. Cause that's what they want to hear. Javonta Williams is a stud, right? He is an absolute stud. And I do not understand how you have two running backs rushing for seemingly 5.8 yards a carry or more. Yes. yes. And you lose the ball game. Forget passing. Just keep yep. handing off to these guys. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, twelve carries, fifty-eight yards. So basically, five yards a carry, yeah. and uh, two catches for fourteen. Uh, Williams, seven for forty-three, basically six yards a carry, yeah. uh, and eleven catches for sixty-five yards. Right. <laughs> I mean, why in the world did you ever get away from that? Because that was working. But but that's the other interesting part. Is it was working until third down. Okay, that was what's fascinating. The Seahawks, I don't have the stats. I didn't look at it, but I bet you the Seahawks held on third down uh, more times than they gave up, obviously, because of the points. Show, that yeah. shows in the points. Um, and you have to sit there and think, well, this is why the coach didn't want to go for fourth and five, because on multiple third and shorts, they didn't get it. They couldn't get it on third, yeah. Right, yeah. and two fumbles – in the end zone, essentially, for Broncos. <laughs> this game could have been a runaway if they're holding on to the ball. Now, I did think in real time, and I still kind of think, okay, we always talk about this, what's a catch and what's not a catch, and how runners, like we see it with quarterbacks who sneak over the goal line, as soon as that ball crosses the goal line, it's a touchdown, right? The second, yeah. the, yes. the millimeter. It's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be as long as they have possession of the right. ball, as soon as the nose or any – part of that football touches the line and and there it's should be thing. something there should be something in the ball and yes, something absolutely. on the field that definitely detects this because we could save ourselves a lot of trouble a lot of time baseball is going to go to you know robot umpires and all that so right. football could football I, i'm pretty sure could come up with the technology to put something in the ball and right something on the goal line and we can just, or something on the first down line. How about that? Well, you would have, yeah. yeah and that yeah. would be cool, but here's what you would have. And here's where that, that idea doesn't work is because last night, Melvin Gordon crosses the goal line with what I thought instantly was a touchdown. Okay. But looking at the replay, the ball moved a slight amount before it ultimately came out and they said it was a fumble. Okay. Now totally fine. At that point, like, now, looking back on the whole mess, I wish that would have been a touchdown because then maybe my guy would have gotten a chance later. But, on the field, yes. Right. So I'm looking at that fumble, and if our idea of this technology in the ball and on the field was happening, they would it would have, like, red lights would have gone off, big flames would have shot out, it would have been a touchdown, and then they would have <laughs> – everyone would be super excited or not, and then the 
replay would show, ah, oh, no, he fumbled. Oh, yeah. So he, on he that lost one, possession of it. Yeah. yeah. I thought that he had crossed the goal line right as the fumble occurred, and I thought that should have been a touchdown. So either way. Yeah. Um, but then you go back to Javonta's fumble, and oh, my word, the defense last night yeah. was hitting like defenses hit in the in college. Yep. Yep. You know? So, so you were you were kind of stuck on the the Joe Buck uh, Troy Aikman show there, and yes, uh, absolutely, I, yeah. boy, I was all over the Mannings. They they are nice. very and, cool. And, and the Mannings are the way to go. They're off next week, uh, which is uh, yeah, which is probably okay. I feel I, I feel like I'm going to miss most of next Monday night because I don't. I think I'm supposed to land back in Redmond at like six thirty or something like that. Oh yeah, and, oh, there and, you and go. Uh, have a feeling that. Uh, Probably not the best thing to do would be uh, to rush home and turn on a football game after you've been gone all weekend watching right, football. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. In fact, I think we have an open house or something at school, so I probably won't get to see. So, so no big deal. Uh, I think there's. I was looking at my survivor picks, which I survived somehow. The New Orleans nice. Saints come back and save me in both survivor pools. Uh, that there might be two Monday night games next week. Yes, so next week there are two Monday night games. Okay. There's okay, that's right. Uh, then. Chargers and no, Chargers are Thursday. Okay, Chargers Chiefs, Chiefs are Thursday. Yeah, Chargers Chiefs it... are Thursday night. Wait, I thought it was that. That's what confused me because I thought it was Chargers Chiefs Monday night early. Is it Raiders Cardinals? Raiders Cardinals maybe on Monday night. I don't know. And... The Eagles play late, so okay. Know. So okay, so let's talk real quick this Joe Buck thing. So. Okay. The season and what feels good about football to me is the uh, the beginning of the show. Now the opening last night, the uh, all night long. Like, did you see that? No, the, no, the, like ESPN opening. It used to be, "Are you ready for some football?" You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Back in the yeah. Day. But now Frank they Williams. have the singer. I think, and I think it's the actual singer who sings that all night long, right? Okay. Like, I so thought it'd it was be, that uh, guy. Yeah, so it'd be Lionel so Richie. Rad. Lionel Richie, right? Well, then it wasn't Lionel Richie because it was a young, okay. young, good-looking black man who sang it really cool, and it was awesome. It was so cool. Okay. But I was, like, pumped, and I love all that. I love the let's get ready, let's get into this, the game's coming. I love when Joe Buck and Aikman come on. And Joe Buck, to me now, is Vince, is Vince Scully, okay? There's no argument about this. He is the next greatest broadcaster. We have him in our minds for, for Super Bowls. We have him in our minds for World Series. He is across the board, in my mind, okay, my opinion, is that he is just the voice of the NFL at this point. So Al, Michael, Al Michaels is out the door. No, Al I'm Michaels is Al Michael. now on Thursday okay. Night Football with yeah. uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Okay. Oh, now, okay. yes, okay. I do love Al Michaels. Okay, don't get me wrong. But I feel that because Al Michaels is, like, you know, football, and, yes, Monday yeah. Night Football, especially yeah. growing up with Madden and, and uh, oh, Pat Summerall and, and those guys. Yeah. But I, I just nowadays – Joe Buck is my guy. Joe Buck's like your Joe guy. Buck a lot. Nice. Right. And he does so, it all, right? He does he does baseball, he does football. He, he does, does, yeah. And yeah. I but I love his like understanding and knowledge of the football players. He talks about them like they're his buddies, like to hang yeah. out all the time and I like that that vibe. But the other thing I love about Joe Buck and he's talked about this from his dad Jack, I believe it is, right? That his dad said, "Let it breathe." And this is a huge thing to me. When I listen to most broadcasts and what I hated about ESPN's old crew. <laughs> Which is, one? <laughs> yeah, well, all of, almost all of, yeah, all of ESPN's. Yeah. But what they do is they don't let there be time to watch the game. It's constant yeah. shatter. And yeah. Joe Buck, 
will say some stuff, and then you have the football play. And I like that. He's not up there trying to be a radio guy. We're mm-hmm. watching the game. We don't need a radio like, you know, so-and-so hands off the ball to so-and-so off the right side, tackle, you know, breaks the tackle, heads down the line. You don't need that. We're watching no, the game. we're watching it, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think that letting it breathe is what I like about Joe Buck. Now, here's what I will say. Later in the season, when I'm totally burnt out on football because I've watched 100 games already, um, I will be watching Manning and those guys because they add more of a shtick and more thing to it. Yeah, know? they're they're goof, they're goofballs, but they're, they're fun. And, and, and they and they bring in watch. and and the and the fun of the end of that was they had their last guest was was uh, um, Shannon Sharp. Nice. And he's going, he's going nuts. Uh, him yep. and Peyton are going nuts with all the play calls and and the, <laughs> what in the world are they bringing out the kicker for? When they're, you know, oh, so nice, you got, nice. so you got all that commentary uh, right uh, around what was going on in the game from a Broncos fan yes, point of view. Yes, and Shannon Sharp, hardcore Bronco fan. Yeah, Bronco big for time. life. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty fun to watch that uh, that play out in the end and, and listen cool. to them go that go crazy. Cool. <laughs> can, now, so so can we roll this into Cowboys? Okay, we've been talking yeah. about the Eagles a lot. Yeah. yeah, the Cowboys will lose the next six to eight games. Okay, absolutely. And, and Jerry, Jerry sharing, Jones came out. Jerry Jones came out to, to this morning and said he, they're not putting Dak on the IR. That they they think he could be maybe back in four games. So I say with that. Yeah. Okay. We, we 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 did this experiment last year with a certain Russell Wilson, uh, right. where we where we rush a guy back from finger slash thumb slash hand yeah. surgery. Uh, how'd that turn out? Yeah, not great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, go ahead, town, go ahead, rush him. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead and rush him back after at, at, you know in four games and see if uh, you're you would have been better off just trading a couple draft picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, come on. Yeah, Cowboys. yeah, and that's what I think. And I'm I'm sitting here right now thinking, who's free agents? Now, of course, you know me. I won't have any of this Kaepernick talk. That's just asinine. What I'm thinking is that you need to offer every single thing you can for Tyler Huntley. You've heard yeah. it here so many times. I don't. This I don't think it would. I don't. I don't think it would matter. I don't think Baltimore would let him go. No, probably not because I think that he's going to be the know, next starting quarterback. They know what they've got, and they know yeah. that they've got a contract situation on their hands that they've got to deal with. Right, they're that, gonna, uh, so their true. guy just tur- their guy just turned down two hundred forty-five million, one hundred thirty-three guaranteed, yeah. and uh, yeah, and they're going to offer Huntley <laughs> like half of that, and then be not like, even oh, hey, even half, not even half. They're they're, they're like, uh, yeah, what would it <laughs> yeah, take yeah, to no, be the starter? The oh, four million. Okay, right. you're in. Yeah, done deal. Yeah. But we need to think about this. Who right now is Stephen Jones out headhunting? Who is he calling and looking at? Yeah. Is it is it Case Keenum? Is it uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a few good quarterbacks. I mean, L.A. has this young kid. Season um, looks pretty sharp. They kept him on the roster. Are you yep. guy that has some athletic ability and help you? Because we've already seen what Cooper Rush is capable of, and it's awesome. yeah, nothing. And, nothing. Uh, and he had Stephen Jones better be out doing something. You know, regardless of, of who he ends up picking yes. up, he better have, better be doing something. <laughs> so last night's stats, I'm going to shoot through them. Geno Smith, uh, MVP of the league, 23 of 28. All right, just got off the phone with tech support. They got us back up and running. Hey, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. All right, we're talking stats. You literally said Geno yes. MVP and then gone. So Gino, you already went through G- it. It's okay. Geno, the MVP of the league, 23 of 28, 195, two touchdowns, 195. no interceptions. 
six carries, 14 yards. Uh, yeah, so he was – I mean, he was good. He, he wasn't great. He wasn't he – wasn't, uh, he, he didn't, uh, you know, just, just win any awards passes, in the second half. Good. Yeah, but he didn't – he didn't. He also didn't – he didn't hurt him, right? right? He, he didn't give over. the ball away. They won the game. Uh, Rashad, Rashad Penny, 12 carries, 60 yards. That's five a carry. Pretty yep. good. Uh, two catches for seven. DK Metcalf, seven for 36. Seven catches on seven targets, by the way. Uh, seven catches for how many yards? 36. So seven catches for 36 yards. Is that's, about five, that's about a five per catch. Okay, now here's what I believe 100%. When you're watching football next, get the play calling. Call the play. Pretend you're the middle. You're looking at the offense, and I want you to literally say, are they running or passing? And which side is I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, yeah, I lost you again. (laughs) Okay, this clearly wasn't meant to be uh, today. Maximus driving between Redmond and Ben for whatever reason. Uh, The reception is failing today. So uh, he's out. We're going to finish this up and uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow. See if we can uh, give you a little better, a little better broadcast tomorrow. Um, Sorry about that, but uh, sometimes that happens. We're going to blame it on the smoke. We're going to call it the, the smoke in town here is messing up the airwaves or something. But uh, lots of lots of in and out, lots of trouble there. So uh, running through the stats, last night's game, Seahawks win 17-16 over the Broncos in probably the surprise game of the week, uh, which we kind of called, right? Broncos should have won by 40, and so the Seahawks won. Geno, 23 of 28, 195 yards, two touchdowns. No interceptions, six carries for 14 yards, did what he needed to do to win. It wasn't pretty, wasn't fantastic, wasn't spectacular, but they got the win. Rashad Penny was 12 of 60 on the ground, only 12 carries. Uh, I'm sure Pete Carroll wants more uh, more than that, but, uh, you know, pretty pretty good numbers. 12 for 65 yards a carry, two, car- uh, two catches for seven yards. DK, seven catches 36 yards that's five yards per catch and that's not going to do it going to need to get him a little more down t- downfield uh for him to be successful will disley three for 43 and a touchdown tyler lockett <clears throat> also your other downfield threat three catches for 28 yards that's about uh just a little but little little uh under or a little over nine yards per catch, so not going to do it for him either. On the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson in his homecoming, 29 of 42, 340 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. Didn't really run the ball, uh, which is rare for him, but uh, they, they've got running backs to do that. Melvin Gordon was 12 for 58, as we mentioned earlier, two catches for 14. Javante Williams was seven for 43 on the ground and 11 for 65, 11 catches for 65 yards uh, in the passing game. Jerry Judy uh, hit it all on a big one. I think it was like a 67-yard touchdown, four for 102 and one. Cortland Sutton was four for 72. And Okwebenum was uh, five for 33 as, uh, in the tight end spot there for the Broncos in the losing cause. So what I wanted to go through today were two categories after week one. We are one week into the season. 
the panic button is uh, has been pressed uh, for many of us already, freaking out, right? Even though we shouldn't, we know better. We've been through this. Uh, it's a long, long, long season, but uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to not uh, get go crazy after the first week when your guys did not do what you wanted them to do. But there are some guys. And I'll call this the category of they are who we thought they were. Okay, these guys did exactly what we expected, what we expect from them every week. And, uh, you know, I might miss somebody in here, but uh, these are just the guys that stood out to me that were the guys that did what we expected. Cooper Cup, of course, had a huge week. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. Uh, Josh Allen at the quarterback position. Saquon Barkley finally did what we expect from Saquon Barkley. Had a huge week. Jonathan Taylor went crazy again. Devontae Adams was everything that we remember Devontae Adams being in Green Bay. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns for him. Looked great. Uh, Justin Herbert, really solid performance from him. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Travis Kelsey was Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the league. And we got exactly what we expected from him. And I'm going to throw in Michael Pittman. What we kind of a lot of us were expecting this to be the year that he breaks out. And if this if week one was any indication, uh, Michael Pittman is breaking out. So he, he did exactly what we thought we were going to get from him. Now, you also have on the other side of that, you have the what I call the old crap crew, right? Here's some guys that you were expecting. You probably, based on where you drafted them, you're expecting more from them than you got. And uh, and this might be a trend moving forward, right? This is something something that I personally am concerned about some of these guys. Some of these guys I own in leagues, and some of these guys I have stayed far, far away from, as you will recognize some of the names of people that I uh, often uh, have concerns about. But starting with somebody that I own a lot of, Tom Brady, okay? Uh, They were in the red zone uh, all night long against the Cowboys and were only able to get the ball into the end zone one time. I'm worried. I'm worried about Tom Brady and the offensive line. I'm worried about his receiving core. Uh, How long will Julio hold up? How long will Mike Evans hold up, right? Chris Godwin's already dinged, Russell Gage. Got some targets, got some action, but uh, is he going to be enough, right? The offensive line is a mess. Um, I, I just worry. I worry that uh, you know we've gotten used to these numbers from Brady, these big numbers from Brady, and um, yeah, he might not be able to sustain that. So uh, it could be a large step backwards uh, from the from the the uh, stats that we got out of Brady last year. Zeke, I'm worried about Zeke. I own Zeke in a couple of leagues, right? Uh, Dallas is going to be is searching for a quarterback. Their offensive line is a mess. They have nobody to throw the ball to. Uh, I could see the Cowboys losing some games coming up here. Their defense is going to have to keep them in games, and I don't know that it's good enough to do that and, and good enough to keep Zeke in a role uh, that's going to allow him to – I mean, he was five yards to carry, but he only got to carry the ball ten times, and they didn't use him much out of the backfield. They seem uh, committed to Tony Pollard in that role. So I worry about Zeke being able to return on draft value, which was probably you probably got Zeke in the third round as your RB2 
and I'm not sure that he can deliver on the RB2. I don't know that they're going to get enough opportunities near the goal line for him to get the touchdowns. He's going to need to be relevant. Hunter Renfro, I've said this uh, all along. As soon as Devontae Adams showed up there, uh, he survived last year and was awesome on the number of targets that he got, the number of red zone looks he got. It's just not going to be there. Devontae Adams and Darren Waller are are, are going to run that team, and Renfro <clears throat> Renfro's going to get only the scraps there, only the scraps, and I and I fear for uh, for where we drafted him. Probably he was probably a fifth round uh, pick as a wide receiver too. I'm not sure he can deliver on that. Amari Cooper probably was taken maybe a little bit later, sixth round, seventh round, based on. Uh, the quarterback situation going in there, but it doesn't even appear after week one as though he is even the wide receiver one in that offense. Uh, That was the only thing that was going to keep him going, uh, keep him relevant, was that he was going to be the guy in that offense. Well, it didn't show uh, on Sunday. And uh, if you're counting on Amari Cooper probably as a wide receiver two or even flex guy, I don't know that you're going to be able to count on that. My next oh crap crew member, David Montgomery. Okay, new coaching staff, new system, and I think we saw uh, one thing that that kept Montgomery alive, kept Montgomery relevant, was volume. Right, he was an eighty percent snap guy uh, in the last couple of years leading up to this this season, and we saw Khalil Herbert dip into that uh, severely uh, on Sunday. And if Montgomery doesn't get the volume that he's gotten over the last couple of years, uh, he, uh, from where you drafted him, probably again, probably took him in the in the third round as your RB2, I fear, in that offense, that uh, this is not going to be good. Uh, my next one hurts to say because I own him in a couple of leagues, but uh, based on what I saw on Sunday, and maybe it's just I'm I'm hopeful that they're just uh, easing in and getting into the season, but Austin Eckler's use – was not uh, at the level where we're used to seeing it or we want to see it. He uh, he spent a lot of time on the sideline. Uh, they were working in a lot, uh, you know, a lot of the other running backs, Sony Michelle, uh, Joshua Kelly, got a lot of time on the field. And Eckler was used more in passing situations and less in the running situation. Seemed to be mostly a first down guy. And then he would come back in occasionally on third down, uh, want to see the usage go up because uh, already, you know, we're, we're already looking at regression from that 20 touchdown season last year. And so he started the first week off without any touchdowns and here we go. So keep an eye on Eckler. Um, I, I worry about him. CD lamb. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, and now it's even worse. I, I'm not on board with CD lamb anyway. I don't think he catches the ball the way uh, we expected him to. Not that good of hands. Um, now he has no quarterback, and they have no offensive line. And, and yeah, so CD is a big concern, especially where you drafted him. Uh, CD was probably uh, a second-round pick for you. Your wide receiver won more than likely, and you're not, not going to get wide receiver one production out of him. My next oh crap crew member would be Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon had more action in the first game than Aaron Jones did okay uh, that's concerning especially where you drafted him again Aaron Jones is probably your RB2 more than likely possibly even your RB1 
So Aaron Jones is going to need to see more touches uh, or you're going to be really, really disappointed that you took Jones in the second and Dylan, somebody took Dylan in the fifth and uh, is going to have the RB1 there. Devonta Smith, we talked about it yesterday, zero for zero. A.J. Brown is the alpha in that offense now. Uh, we saw uh, Devonta Smith change hands yesterday in Insane. Uh, he was traded for a first-round, 2023 first-round pick. Uh, we'll see if Jay to the bro yeah, can get something out of that. Um, but uh, Vegas Baby 83 saw the writing on the wall after week one, and she abandoned ship quickly. Adam Thielen is on the Oh Crap crew for me. Uh, this new offense does not seem to fit him as well as we had hoped. He's always lived and died by uh, around the goal line and getting touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson, everything seems to be funneling towards him. So we will see if Thielen can rebound. Uh, in this offense, in the new offense uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, but I worry about him. And my final member of the Oh Crap crew, uh, pains me to say, but Kyle Pitts, uh, two catches for 19 yards this week. Um, Marcus Mariota might just not be able to uh, utilize the tight end, and that worries me uh, for such a good athlete that Pitts might not be as involved as we want. Already we worry about uh, touchdowns. The only place he, he has yet to score on um, U.S. soil only seems to be able to score touchdowns in London. So, um, yeah, we'll see if Pitts can uh, rebound from that and find his way uh, as a useful piece in this offense. Those are my oh crap. That's my oh crap crew. And though the, the ones we thought who they thought we were. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, famous coach line there. All right, I'm going to get out of here. This thing's been a mess uh, right from the start. Real choppy. Going to have to piece this together. Three different uh, three different pieces. And, uh, yeah, we'll try again tomorrow. Waiver day tomorrow. Uh, get your waiver bids in. Take a look. A lot of guys out there, especially in redraft leagues, uh, running backs going down and uh, quarterbacks going down. People are going to be searching. So get out there, get your bids in. Guillotines, uh, they won't. Uh, we'll go over the, the guillotine possibilities uh, tomorrow a little bit because uh, we don't uh, we don't clear waivers until Thursday morning on the guillotines. Give them a little more time to uh, uh, to percolate and. Uh, get ready for that so all right everybody for the fantasy blink i am the commission and i am over and out